Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Okay, okay. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Okay, happy, happy hour. I know what you told me, Travis, but it's just no woman. It's Michael Nori. <laughs> Yay! Actor. I can't really look right at you yet. Okay. What did I say, Michael? When you I, you walked in, I was like, all right, you know this. You need to give every woman a minute. And you're holding up a bitches get shit done. Yeah. <laughs> Hillary button as if you could be any hotter. I know. The first thing you said when you um, walked in, we said, what's this on the news? What's going on? Is there breaking news? And I was like, yeah, that's new. That's new listen, since the last hour. I've seen you. You've done lots of stuff since Flashdance. You're a brilliant actor, singer. But I, I, I love this piece, that guy in Flashdance. And this is what I was saying to you guys this morning. Mention the name Michael Nori to any women beneath the ages of, I would say, like it says, this one says 30 to 60. I would say that's a wider range. And people... Women lose their shit, Michael. How have you how have you been dealing with it? This article is hilarious about women saying, I've seen women literally jump on him. <laughs> <laughs> so see, I restrain myself. I saw you jump on him. The way upstairs. you did this morning when we first met. <laughs> yes. Stephanie, I have to say not. it's really a joy to be here with you and to, to meet you. Really. Okay. Someone talked about your kind eyes. Okay, all that. <laughs> okay, I can't. It's just, can I? I have to say what a feeling. I do. I can't oh. just. All right. Okay, that's it. That's it. All right. I won't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> How, what, at what year did you get sick of flash dance jokes, do you think? Never. Oh, really? No, no, no. It's it's great. I've gotten used to uh, flash dance being my, my middle name for the past <laughs> 37 years. I went through a time of kind of resenting it and saying, oh, God, is this ever going to mm-hmm. end? You know, I have done other things yes. before and since. Uh, you know, I was on Broadway for a year and a half with Julie Andrews. Yeah, during I know. Victor Victoria. Victor After Victoria. That, and, you know, it's not Michael Victor Victoria. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's flash dance speaking to the kind of global impact that film had yeah. on on people. So uh, And that whole genre of dancer welder movies. Oh, I don't <laughs> name you know another, what I was thinking name too? Another welder movie. What's right. another welder movie? <laughs> no, seriously. 
I know the entire soundtrack. <laughs> like, it's not just, yes, I mean. Oh, yeah, she was calling the lesser known songs during the show today. Yeah. Everyone knows Manhunt. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm obviously on a Manhunt right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But That's that, awkward. What? You're on a hunt for a woman. Listen, no, you don't even understand what just happened in my backyard. What? I saw. What I happened? just said, listen, I, you still have the same effect on me as in when Dave, and I said, and I'm gay. And you were like, really? Now, when did you discover that? And I'm like, I don't know, but it's just gone now, talking to you, looking in your eyes. I don't know. <laughs> Those kind <laughs> eyes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it's gone now. <laughs> no, but we, were, we got started talking a little bit, but I thought that was so fascinating about how many people talk about, and actually, I love that someone asked you in this interview, are you a womanizer? And you said, no, the, the women I'm with are manizers. <laughs> but they just I say that but I'd... it's not just because you're good looking because you don't well there's a lot of guys in hollywood they're good looking it's all these women say the same thing that you're so in touch with your feminine side and that you're so sort of and you truly love women which is fantastic particularly in the era we're living through right now well what i love is people i love yeah. people i love particularly uh, passionate people yeah and kind people, and at the top of my list, if you were to ask me if I practice a religion, it would be kindness. Yeah, that is my religion. That is yeah. my core belief of how I can make a contribution to kind of every day when I go yeah. out into the world. If I can find some some act of kindness, it doesn't matter how how small. Yeah, uh, it it enhances my life and gives me a, a sense of of, yeah. pur- of purpose. Your voice is hypnotizing me and also <laughs> That's, oh, making right, me. Your eyelids are getting heavy. It's not a flash dance <laughs> splash. It's a the redness what? is disappearing. <laughs> and so, you told me I can't do that. I can't pour the glass of water over no, myself. No. I can't take my bra off. During no. the, during the, no. I can't eat lobster with no. my fingers. Okay. There's not going to be fine, any glitter. Fine, 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 fine. Listen, do you understand? I'm dreaming. Every woman's been dreaming about this their whole life. I can't believe my, I got something in my eye, Chris. It was like, you know, when you're having your high school pictures done, you're like, oh, yep. is that a zit? I'm like, I get to meet Michael Nori, and there's my eyes beep. <laughs> my one good eye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, okay, so, but what, I, because I was going to, I was laughing too when I, when you, when you think about that, that you were Jennifer Fields, I love that they describe it, boss slash boyfriend. So this was way pre Me Too. <laughs> Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't really make that movie. I mean, you could make it today, but you well, know what I'm It was an Adrian Lyne movie, so... Right. Yeah, he, he kind of went there. He always right. went there. Right. Yeah. You know? Right, but they made it sexy and fantastic. And yeah. You're like, today, you're like, what? But it, it was also... There was nothing non-consensual. Right. Right. That's in, true. In the film. Right. Right? Well... Yeah, but I th- I do think that's I, I just I don't know, Michael. I know you get obviously this, the people you follow, and I'm looking on Twitter. You know, I always say like, how can you not be political now? But there's the misogyny, not just that Hillary faced, that but that I think caused the women's march, that caused this sort of blue wave in Congress to all these laws that just passed. That's like literally Handmaid's Tale, right? I, I, it is just. I, you know, somebody was talking too about. They said, you know, when when frozen embryos, they just throw them away. You know, in fertility clinics, Republicans don't care about the child. They care about controlling women and not in a nice way, right? Let me just say that I am, so this this will kind of um, direct the course of this time that we have together. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. I am not political. Yeah. I am 
somewhere between apolitical and anti-political. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I believe in, I take care of my side of the street, keep it clean, yeah. live, try to live what I believe and try to practice what I know to be good and just live as an example. Um, I am um, as disturbed and, con- it's not to say that I am not disturbed and concerned about what's going on, which is concerning and disturbing. Yeah. In the country, <clears throat> um, but it is my my take on it is that it is, if we can kind of elevate it to a helicopter point of view. Yeah. Uh, that there is some profound uh, um, evolutionary thing going on in this globally and certainly in this country for the individual who now occupies the White House, for that to occur, there has to be something profoundly, some profound upheaval going on underneath, underneath mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. And it is rising to the surface yeah. like a pimple. Right. Mm-hmm. He didn't invent racism or misogyny. He seems to have emboldened and incited a lot of people, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think what, what a lot of us are... What I'm thinking, what can I do? What yeah. can I possibly yeah. do yeah. to make a positive difference right. in the world and what's going on? I have kids. I have two daughters, in fact. Two daughters yeah. and, and a brand new grandson who was born 12 days ago. Oh, Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. Congrats. And uh, how can I, how can I? You're the hottest grandpa, literally, <laughs> in the world. Thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Stephanie. Travis, it's not like he's not used to it. I know. I, I'm like the last drop in a full glass. I mean, really? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get my head through that. <laughs> um, no, but that is interesting, too, that you have two daughters. I mean, where where did you come by your sort of, I, what other people describe as, your, not, I mean, not necessarily your feminism, but just your, your connection with women? Yeah. Because it's it literally is sort of legendary. Like, everything I've read about you, someone mentions it. Mm. Yeah. What, what do they mention? <laughs> oh, well, let me, hang on. Let me read <laughs> Mention the name Nick Nori to any woman between 30 and 60. They light up. Yes, I did. I also couldn't make eye contact when he got here. Uh, it's been, well, this is not, when was this article? This, I mean, it's been however many years. That's from 2004. Yes. Um, Broadway producer Marty Richards says, oh, he's incredibly talented. He's extremely attractive. I know 5 billion women that are crazy about him. If he wanted to, he could have married about 63 million heiresses. And I know three of them personally. Mr. <laughs> Oh, Deborah Norville said it was like an angel was in the room. Wow. Um, because you're known for getting up at dinner parties and singing some enchanted evening. Oh, yeah. Acapella. Okay. Okay, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to handle it. Okay, let's just take a, <laughs> let's take a second before that. You may not be able to stand okay. up for a while. She said it was just gorgeous and he's so handsome. It's magic. Have you looked in his eyes? You see the kindness. Oh. <laughs> Obvious. You've played, you've either played opposite or dated every fantastic, beautiful woman in the world. You played opposite Patti LuPone mm. uh, wow. in Can Can, yeah. right? Yeah. You were Catherine Zeta Jones's boyfriend in The Terminal, the Steven Spielberg movie. That's right. And you, as you said, there's worse things to be doing professionally than kissing Catherine Zeta Jones. Yes. And Steven said to me, uh, he said, Michael, I'm not going to direct you in this scene. 
Uh, yeah, just Catherine's, go for it. Catherine's going to come up the escalator. You're going to be at the top. <laughs> You're going to want to kiss her. I, I just want you to kiss her and yeah. go for it. <laughs> so she came up the she came up the escalator, and I picked her up and I spun her around and I gave her a kiss. And Stephen said, "Great, great. Moving on." I said, "Stephen, no, no, let's. I, we need I more. Need to do this again. Yeah. No, I, I, I can do much better. I've got more in me. Much, I can do better. I've got... <laughs> she is. She stunning. went down. She came, We did it three yeah. times. And, yeah, she yeah. is stunning. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, That's she, she was lovely. One other, uh, women are after him, then and now, said uh, whoever, somebody else. Um, did Finding Forrester with Sean Connery, op- uh, uh, Connery opposite uh, Julie Andrews, as we talked about in Victor Victoria. Um, wow. Oh, my God, this is how I knew what great actor you were. I remember this, the 1990 Lifetime film Shattered Dreams. You played a Reagan administration official who beats his wife, played by Lindsay Wagner. Wow. Oh Lindsay Wagner. Yeah. You, both of my crushes in one. Her dog Jamie is named after Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Summers, the bionic rescue the bionic, dog yeah. is named after Jamie Summers. Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> but but you were really terrible. You were like, you were terrifying because you were so obviously kind in person, and you were obviously such a everybody's crush from Flashdance. And you said the way you said, "I can't eat macaroni and cheese." He says was the most one of the most. He turned it into the most terrifying lines. Mm-hmm. In that? history, in that, I can't in eat show. macaroni and cheese. Was that in that? In did Lindsay Wagner that? Did she make you the wrong dinner? Is that what happened I there? Had forgotten about that. That was a particularly disturbing I role bet. to play. I bet. And 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 uh, God bless the woman who uh, who wrote the book and told her story about domestic violence and and how uh, kind of crippled and closeted domestic violence victims are she came she came uh, yeah. what was her charlotte fetters mm-hmm. the particularly disturbing scene was when um, i had to punch her in the stomach when she was uh, when she was several months pregnant mm. and um it, it was it was a very diff- difficult thing to do um but uh, i think it served to to, to help a lot of people who saw it yeah. and came out and sought help and yeah. told their story because there's so much shame oh, yeah. that the victims of violence yeah. have. I talked about it, mine and it was a woman, but but I mean, I, I think you're right. There is a, a shame that people go, it doesn't happen to educated women, it doesn't happen to upper class women, it doesn't happen to smart women. And it happens to everybody, you know. I mean, not everybody, but it happens to a lot of women. And, and you will excuse the, the, the abused will excuse the abuser absolutely make excuses for the abuser they'll get over it it's just a passing thing it's stress at the office it's whatever it is right but it is still unacceptable yeah yeah um i bet that was hard for you but uh, so uh, tell me about uh, and i like macaroni and cheese you do so that was the real acting moment in that is you're like i have to say i hate macaroni and cheese (laughs) i mean who hates macaroni and cheese monsters like the guy who beat his wife Um, uh, okay, that after appearing in an episode of Touched by an Angel, you became engaged to uh, Roma Downey. No. How many Touched by an no, Angel jokes no, have you had? No, no, no? We were never, that... never engaged. Oh, okay, dated. No, we dated. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you had more Touched by an Angel or, or f- more Flashdance jokes, probably? Um, no Touched by Angels jokes. No? Oh, okay. no. Okay. No. <laughs> um. Well, she's currently with Mark it... Burnett now. They're, they've been married for a while. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. yes. Oh my God! The man who made Mark? Trump into what he is oh now. Oh my mm-hmm. God! Yeah. Oi. 
<laughs> what's away? What's it's just, you know, I know people that worked on that show that in people that grew up in New York, everyone's always known who Donald Trump is. And just the fact that this is, that we are in this dystopian nightmare is still, I swear, Michael, every day, and I, we marinate in it, I still wake up and go, I, I just can't believe this. This just gets worse every day. I mean, it literally is like some sort of parallel universe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, but I keep telling myself the darkest hour yeah. is before the dawn. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Come on, dawn. Yes. Oh, see, I, better get I was going to say when God shuts a window, then he shuts a door too and you're fucked. Okay, that's different. You're, that's different. Okay, you're more hopeful. That's fine. Yes. Don better get here. <laughs> yeah, better hurry. It's coming. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was reading your background. Son of a wasp mother and an Iraqi father. Grew up in Alpine, New Jersey and uh, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It, but even just that, the demonizing of anybody other, right? Anybody, you know, uh, did that, and, and particularly during the Iraq war, was that a thing that resonated with you that, you know, because I feel like even after 9-11, right, like, Everybody got demonized that was of any kind of persuasion that was not just... Well, I was... Yeah. No, I, was, I, I didn't experience being being the brunt of that. A lot of people don't know that I have right. ir- Iraqi roots. My father was born in Baghdad. Right. And came to this country when he was 18 years old and uh, went to Georgetown University on a scholarship mm-hmm. and met my mother, who was from Boston, and she's of I- Irish descent. Mm. Yeah. But... Um, I I was upset as upset as anybody was uh, around 9/11 and about the destruction of of Iraq and I was glad to see Saddam Hussein brought down um, as I would any despot yeah in any country including ours yes yeah. uh, are you inferring that Trump is a, a maniac all right I didn't I couldn't help that was the last joke that was the last one it's Stephanie. the last Go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry. That's all right. I apologize. Right. <laughs> See, his voice is very calming to me. It brings me back. <laughs> um, wow. I just, I don't even know what to ask you about first. Good, goodbye, Columbus. You played Ali McGraw's first, boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Early 1980s, wow. you dated Diane Cannon. I mean, seriously, you have dated or, uh, you know, been with or played opposite. It's I mean, amazing. Every, an amazing career you've had. Yeah. Well, 50 years. Yeah. Started out in 1968-69 uh, with, I think, Goodbye Columbus was my first mm-hmm. paying acting job. And I had come out to Los Angeles um, to uh, to meet uh, a very famous director named George Cukor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, sat down and talked with him, and he gave me a book to read. And he said, I want you to read for this part. Uh, he died. Uh, nothing came of that. But while I was here... I had heard the name Freddie Fields, and I had heard that he was a top agent. And I called his office, and I lied oh, yeah. about having an appointment with him. I remember him. his name, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I got to his office. Acting, lying, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got into his office, and he, he said, how did, how did he said, we both know you didn't have an appointment here. <laughs> what are you doing? And I was, what, 21? Uh-huh. Wow. And I... <laughs> I said, I want, to, uh, I want to be a movie star. And he said, good for you, good for you. And he assigned me to Alan Ladd Jr., hmm. who took me over to Paramount Studios that afternoon to meet uh, Larry, uh, 
blanking, blanking on his name. Uh, sorry, Larry. <laughs> sorry, Larry. Larry, someone famous. Okay, go ahead. Larry Pierce. Okay. Okay. Yeah, who was directing this movie, uh, which was Ally McGraw's first movie, and Richard Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, yeah. And Richard Dreyfus had a bit part in it. Wow. wow. And uh, he put me on tape. I went back to New York. I was living in my parents' apartment in Manhattan. Yeah. And I got a Western Union telegram that said, uh, you begin work playing the role of Ally McGraw's boyfriend, uh, three weeks' work, $750 a week. <laughs> a was, week? That was more money. Wow, than yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you'll be sharing a dressing room with Jack Klugman. Oh, oh wow. I didn't know who he was. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we, we, we filmed it in, in New York and in... And oddly, you are an odd couple. Can I just say you and Jack? Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we, did, we did that film, and I, I was so terrified. I'd never been in front of a camera. Um, wow. I hadn't been on stage except in school. And when I had my one line where I walked up to, to Ali McGraw and asked her if I could have a dance, mm-hmm. and there was this Panavision camera barrel of it, <laughs> and I'm looking down, and Larry's <laughs> atop the camera, and he's looking down, and he says, action. And I go to Ali, and I said, May I have this dance? (laughs) 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 Which Larry said, Jesus Christ. He said, all right, do another one. Do another. Do it again. Do you have hair on your balls yet? (laughs) Jesus. All right, I just have to read. Okay, can I read two more women quotes? Nikki Haskell, who I love, the diet uh, guru. Mm -hmm. I love her. She says of you, he's extraordinarily handsome, and every time I've ever been in this company, the women actually jump on top of him. Does that and happen then, every single time? And then some <laughs> French actor said, the, descri- the effect he has on women, oof. You know what I mean? It's oof. so deep. Oof. <laughs> that was the word she used, just oof. oof. Some, in a French accent. Yeah. Just a, oof. You know, if, if I were Paul Newman sitting here <laughs> and you were going on like this about him, he would probably refer to his blue eyes and say something like... Um, his tombstone, here lies Paul Newman, who died an unknown because his eyes were brown. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, uh, you know, if not for being blessed with, uh, with looks, and uh, which has nothing to do with my ability, my talent. Yeah. I can take no credit for this yeah. any more than any of us can. Beyond taking good care of ourselves. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the interior world is something that I will take credit for. Yeah. Will the, you meditate? The values, the values that, that I have and, and, and that are important to me, that I will take credit for and love to talk about that because uh, that's something that I think we all, we all need encouragement. Sure. Um, I just came from being with some friends and we were talking about the importance of feeling that we matter. And about self-esteem, mm-hmm. and about bottom line is, do I matter? Mm-hmm. And when we get to a certain age in our lives, uh, when we've done a lot, uh, the the question is really, do I matter? Do yeah, am I relevant? Am I still relevant? What can I do to yeah. feel relevant? Do I have a sense of purpose, a reason to get up in the morning, somewhere to go? And the older I get, the more I know that service is the key. Yeah. Is the key. And that became particularly uh, vivid to me 
during a national tour of South Pacific right after 9-11. And we did a fundraiser after every performance. Yeah. It brought the curtain down, and we sang God Bless America with the audience. Sure. And it was cathartic and healing, and I, I had never had such a um, strong sense of, of purpose and of doing the right thing at the right time and, and making a positive difference sure, yeah. to people. Sure. Well, it, that's, it, what, that's what someone was talking about, your eyes. It really is true, the whole windows to the soul, and they see the kindness. Because you're right, there's beauty inside or out. There's a lot of pretty ugly people in Hollywood, I have to say. But, I, you know, I love the, what I was saying about someone else said he's very, very in touch with his female side. He understands women very well. I just this is when it just killed me. Does he have a favorite part of the woman's body? The nape of the neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm out. Um, but so, how, how do you take care of the outer beauty? What do you do? Do you work out? What do you? Because you're you. Okay, how look the I, same. How, how do I take? How do I take care <laughs> when, of? When when my best friend told me that you moved that he, she moved in next door to you, I was like, all right, wait, slow down, go slow. <laughs> And she's like, he is just as handsome, and he's so nice. And yeah, oh right, that's your dog. And that's, that's, that's Charlie. That's Charlie. That's Charlie. Charlie. That's Charlie Michael Norris. Charlie, dog. come here. I'll scratch the nape of your neck. <laughs> Charlie loves to have his nape, na- nape, his nape. scratched. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, but no. What do you do? How do you take care of the? You know, you were saying talking about taking care of yourself. Yeah, hiking. Oh, I, I was like, a I was a jiggy, well, look how happy our dogs are together. We yeah, live right here in the hiking. They'll get along great. We'll go hiking. I my gay was like my, that commitment was gone the second you started talking to me. Oh, stop. Mm-hmm. What? Your mom will be so happy. Oh my god, my mom is ninety six. <laughs> Unbelievable! <please. laughs> wow. Yeah. She has one last dream. She's like, oh, he was extra hot in flash dance. Well, we 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 hike. We hike. I was a yeah. gym rat for a, okay. a long yeah. time. Uh-huh. And I was. Admiring. Why are you looking at him? Because look at him. Look at this guy. I mean, both of them. Yeah. yeah. This is Pilates muscles over here. <laughs> You're right. That's Pilates. This is Jim. Yes. Right. Charlie, yes. Hi, Charlie. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Um, all right. We have uh, lots else in common. We were both born in Washington, D.C. You were. Yes. Wow. You went to Rollins College in Florida. I got a scholarship to Rollins College. I ended up going to USC because I was, of course, on the crew team So was with Lori Laughlin. <laughs> I, were you on the crew? No, did you no. I was not. Oh, because I did. I rode. Oh, wow. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. No, I love rowing. No, Very that's cool. That's yeah, a serious that... commitment, too. Like, you get up at the crack of dawn. Yeah. And I remember I remember in college, people were like, oh, I'm doing crew. And it's like, you get up at 5 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you sleep- say... Well, the water's, the water's flattest at that time. And that's sleeping into us now. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sang the closing theme song for Search for Tomorrow on CBS, mm-hmm. on which you played uh, Steve Caslow. I did not. Oh my God! And you were on Somerset too, weren't you? That was the very first. Okay. Thing. You're yes. Right. Yes. I my my mom watched that, and I I kind of remember the TV being uh, on to Somerset. You know who else was on that? Who? Ted, oh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. That's right. Oh yeah, I knew that. I love Ted. Um. So wait, I just love people's pre-acting stories. You spent three months selling insurance. What sort of insurance? Ooh, life insurance. Oh. Okay. Life insurance. Okay. That was uh, that was the catalyst for my becoming. An actor um, I went into my dad's office it was his life insurance agency in New York and uh, it was a summer job and I don't remember whether he said you're fired or I, he said I quit I, I think we said it simultaneously mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
because um, I would show up at the office late. I would leave early for lunch. I'd come back late for lunch. I'd leave the office. It was horrible, horrible. I am not a salesperson. I can't stand being in an office. I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> How do you sell life insurance? You know, you don't look so good. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, one of these days you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I was looking at your voluminous resume. Uh, you, like almost everyone that's been on the happy hour, was on the West Wing. <laughs> playing Senator Roy Turner. Yes. Um, yeah, we've had Martin Sheen here and Richard Schiff and whatever. But I, I mean, I, you've done like NCIS, uh, the OC. I mean, you've done. I, I can't even. A whole talk- wide variety of. We were stuff talking upstairs too. about that's uh, awesome. Uh, the Gianni Versace, Versace. Yeah. film, yeah. yeah. Um, and most recently, Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, which oh, is oh, wow, which is great. That's, and you get to go up and film in that. Yeah, in uh, Montana, yeah, in, in in Utah. I have a friend who plays a cop on that. You do? Yes. It's a great show. Yeah, he loves going up there. Yeah. He, he wasn't, I, apparently the first time he did a scene with Kevin Costner, there was a, it was a fight scene, and he had to throw him down on a table, and the table didn't break the way it was supposed to, and it was a lot harder impact than it was yeah. supposed to be. He's like, oh. I don't know if they're ever going to call me back, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a- Here, here's my favorite that you played Bob Guccione in Manhunt Unabomber. Mm-hmm. Okay, now did you, when they called you, you go, okay, are you fucking with me because Manhunt's in the title? Oh, Steph. Stephanie... <laughs> Stephanie. Stephanie. See? Oh, Michael. Stephanie. He's, he's come to our side. Chris. Travis. No, don't. No, don't. That, he, this is my ill-trained rescue dog. Jamie Summers. They're beautiful. No, this is how, well, I fell even more deeply in love with you because there was a story, you know, there was about how much you love animals and how devastated yeah. you were by the loss of your dog and one of your cats. And it's well, like, you, you I know. Done, you have done your homework. Oh, oh, I've wow. done. The FBI background check came out clean. <laughs> Everything is. You're allowed in the house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I no, do. it's I, just, you've I, talked about, like, I just, you're right, I don't, I mean, you have obviously real children. I have uh, these, you know, when people say, oh, they're like your kids, your dogs, I'm like, no, they're they, not like my they kids. They are your kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, oh my God, that, but that was like, I was like, oh, all right. Because you, you know, talked about just the devastation. You had a, a was a golden retriever for golden 14 retriever. years. Yeah. Chauncey. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was, that was, that, that was hard, but I, my, I, I feel now with, with little Charlie, uh, that he is the that the spirit of every one of his predecessors is present in him. Yeah, I feel like they're all here. I know. You I know? feel like Max sent Jamie to me because I was so yeah. devastated, you know. And you know, there's things they do that are the same that you're like, oh, that only Max used to do that. Is that like a mm. yeah, yeah? Um. So I, I, you've probably been asked like a million questions about this, but what what was it like? When you're in a, a hit movie that big, first of all, did you have an idea it was going to be that big a hit? No. no. Nobody did. Wait, did we really like Dancer Welder? Okay, whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> like, or what did you think it was going to be like? Nobody nobody had any idea. Uh, um, the first time I went to see Meet with Adrian Line, I was broke. This is 1982. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was living in New York. I was doing an off-off Broadway play. Uh, I wasn't broke, but I was struggling and I was told that uh, Sam Peckinpah wanted to meet me for a movie that he was doing and that if I would fly myself out to California we could have the meeting I did I met him great guy I was such a fan of his work yeah and uh, I met him no auditioning he said you don't have to read you don't have to audition he said I can I can tell Uh, we're gonna go into pre-production next week (laughs) And uh, it was a movie called The Osterman Weekend. I remember that. Oh, okay. Yes. 
Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And <laughs> we go I, deep. Like I go every I, every track on the Flashdance album, and he goes deep on every. On um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I remember the Osterman weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a great movie. I enjoyed it. And I think Chris Sarandon. Yes. Ended up doing the part. Uh-huh. That afternoon, my agent sent me a script with the unusual title Flashdance across the, the page, the title page. I read it, and I liked it better than the Osterman Weekend. Yeah. And I had a meeting scheduled the next day, Friday, with the director. I went in, and there in the waiting room, there was Mickey Rourke, Kevin Costner, they were all oh my God. coming out. Wow. Isn't it interesting, the huge hit movies, you talk about like everyone that was up for it, that you know what I mean, that, and who got it, and how it would have been yeah. different. And yeah. you're right. You end up, when it's a huge hit movie, you go, oh my God, you two were perfect. Like the chemistry, you can't really beg, borrow, or steal and that. When you, when you find out who else was up for the part, yeah. and I look back on that, and I recently when I was doing Yellowstone, and I met Kevin for the first time, and I said, did you audition for Flashdance? <laughs> And he said, yeah, I did. And you got it, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. And I said, yeah, you know, and because you didn't get that, you've been suffering ever since. Right. (laughs) Sorry things went so bad. Yeah. 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 So I I read for for Adrian, and it was at about 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And And with Jennifer? No, they were looking for Jennifer because they wanted to get us in the room in front of a camera to see if the chemistry was right. They couldn't find, and I had this wonderful... Very tough agent, Arnold Rifkin at the time, who kind of held their feet to the fire and said, hey, you know, I was in that enviable position. Yeah, where you had something else. I had something else over at at Fox, and uh, he said, hey, you know, or get off the pot. Right. And they did, and they made the offer, and uh, the rest rest is history. Wow. Wow. And did you, when you, I mean, did you sense that chemistry with Jennifer Beals like immediately or, I mean, how does it, I always wonder how that works, right? Because you just think like what goes into making not just a hit movie, but like a giant hit movie. Yeah. 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 Iconic movie. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think that um, there can be chemistry between two actors and it's possible for that not to uh, communicate to the audience. Conversely, I think that there can be a lack of chemistry between two actors, and somehow there will be something that is communicated. It yeah. can kind of, in spite of that lack of chemistry between mm. the actors. Right. Um, with Jennifer, I think that for somebody to not have chemistry for them, uh, he would have to have his pulse checked. <laughs> I mean, she, she was, was that ad libbed her taking her bra off she, under her shirt was, during uh, dinner? She did that during her audition. Okay. <laughs> and so they had to write that in. With Adrian, and he said that you've got the pulse. That's a skill yes. that I did not know. Okay. <laughs> Didn't think of that. Yeah. Lobster yeah. with your fingers? Okay. But we did not, nobody had any idea that the movie was going to do what it did. Yeah. In fact, uh, they were not going to, they weren't going to uh, push it. Because uh, it inspired music videos, it inspired fashion. It was sure. such an iconic oh my god! I movie think I actually, 80s. I think I actually, yeah, out of right college, dancing. I think I lost like twenty pounds out of college, like working out to that, you know, to that. There's a flash dance workout <laughs> video, yes, right? Right, because you're just like yeah. it was so sort of inspirational in a lot of ways. I think it was early on, even almost like weirdly like female empowering. It was sort of, you know, it was all of that, you know, mixed into one. And I think that. Uh, well, again, I guess your chemistry, but I just wonder, like, what was that like for you 
when that hit? Like, what was it like just being on the street or in a restaurant? Or what? It was really cool. <laughs> really, really. See, I love that right. honesty. Okay, that, yes, a lot of people are like, that is oh, awesome. it's really yeah. horrible. It, it sucked. It was are terrible. Are you kidding? Uh, you know, when you're part of, it happens so infrequently to be part of a huge hit, mm-hmm. whether it's a TV show or yeah. a movie. It's, 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 it's very rare that it happens. And it shrinks the world in that you are uh, trotted out on red carpets literally around the world. You are flown on private jets or first class yeah. around the world to do promotion for the film. And it's, it's a very spoiling experience. Mm-hmm. And I can, understand, uh, I can understand why it can mess with people's heads. Okay. Right. And, because it's so sudden and so because, huge, so and, yeah. it's sudden and huge, and it takes it takes uh, it takes some adjustment. It takes yeah. uh, it has not. I haven't had that experience on, uh, of that magnitude in anything since, except for Victor Victoria with with Julie yeah. on Broadway. That okay. was the same same level, and even more gratifying because um, there was more real work involved in that. Yeah. Uh, so much in, in movie making. A whole different facet of yourself. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. In, in film, you do a scene, and then uh, you, are, uh, you are enhanced. Everything you do is enhanced by, uh, by music, the sound, the soundtrack, the costume, the lighting, all of that. Cinematography, yeah. When you're on stage, it's you. Yeah. And just the work, yeah. And you know, it's so interesting too. Is you know, you've remained so sort of just. I mean, you've gone on, done all this other great work. Remain. It, it's so funny. I um, interviewed Jennifer Beals many years ago on a, a my Oxygen TV show, and I remember they said to me, "Don't mention Flashdance." <laughs> they said, and this was I think right before L Word. I think she was about to promote L Word, and I was like. What? Why not? Like you know, but you know, but then I've heard since then like she's not like that now. But there was a period where she was sensitive because mm-hmm. you know because she's gone on to do other great stuff too. And I think you know when she was about to do L Word, it was just like you know, so everybody deals with that differently. That right. sort of you know like, enough, don't al- focus. enough already. Yeah. Enough already. Yeah. Did you go through a phase of that? And I say more, please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're like, I didn't make her a lesbian. Yeah. It wasn't me. I don't. Did you go through even just a little phase of I don't want to talk about Flashdance right now or or? Yeah, you know, yeah. But I I always knew that it was because of Flashdance that I'm here. Okay, this is why you're talking to me. Yeah, that's why I'm here in this room right now. And we did a we did a reading on Tuesday night down at the Grammy Museum mm-hmm. of uh, the writings of a wonderful poet named Brian Doyle. And we had J.K. Simmons, and we had Wendy Malick, and we had some wonderful people, Bruce Valanche. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we had... Oh, my God. Well, he was just here. Yeah, yeah. he was just two, here like two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. He's, he's just the best. He's yes. brilliant. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, in, the, in the, the bio, everybody had their little bio, and there was my little thing, and it said, uh, Johnny Versace and Flashdance. Flashdance will always be there. Right. So I'm not going to. Uh, but I, that, I love that. You know, like that's so refreshing and honest. When you're like, was it like? It was fucking great, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? awesome. Like, that's awesome going, to hear. Oh, it's all because you're like, really? Why would you become an actor if you don't want? Right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you know. And I and I just think that it's so it, it's so honest and refreshing to sort of embrace it. And then you know, it's not that you haven't gone on and done other great stuff, but yeah. you're not like uh, no. Because I think it, it is weird how certain movies like mean a lot to people for whatever reason for women of my age that means a lot and it's not just obviously 
Sure. But, you know, it is that sort of something, right? Female empowerment, yeah. something, whatever the message is, I think those movies are, there's always a reason they're that big a hit. Well, it, and, and the message of Flashdance was you give up your dream, you die. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was a spun. Take your passion and make it happen, Michael, is my point. <laughs> that. Yeah. Yes. I will, I will do the whole Flashdance unless you album unless you sing some enchanted evening did you just me. say flash pants Fla- yes well, she did i think well, you're good. I, don't even, I, did. I took my pants off like an hour ago <laughs> oh, i hope that's no. okay i'm gonna start crawling across the floor and singing manhunt to him oh, in a second and you don't. look at i've already had i've only had half a glass of my because trump wine glass okay so it's a reason what was some enchanted evening what happens at parties do you just do you belt that out because somebody somebody would ask me to to sing uh, yeah. some enchanted evening and i'm very happy to very happy to do it because uh, i certainly wouldn't want to ask was, but if you you, know, <laughs> you certainly could just sing yeah you want to hear it yeah okay all right it's gonna get awkward okay <laughs> <laughs> Here we are in the middle of the afternoon. That's right. I'm going to pass it. In Los Feliz, California. Yes. And I'm singing to you, Stephanie. Oh. She's quivering. I seriously (laughs) might pass out. Somebody catch me. Uh Some enchanted evening, you may see a stranger. You may see a stranger across a crowded room. And somehow you know, you know even then. That somewhere you'll see her again and again. Some enchanted evening. Someone may be laughing. You may hear her laughing across a crowded room. Don't do the flash jets flash. Night after Hmm? night, as strange as it seems, the sound of her laughter will sing in your dreams. Okay. All right. Oh. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I know what you Okay, yeah. Don't make any jokes about everything being barren down there because not anymore, man. Mm. You're sitting in a wet spot. All right. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I know what you're going to be thinking about tonight when you go to bed. <laughs> Michael, this was so kind of you to do this. Yes. I Just my best friend happened to move in next door to you. And seriously, ever since she told me, I just was like, oh, my God. Can you, can you, and you did it. You made my dream come true. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. But thank you just for all your, I, I, you know, not just, I, I'm looking at your Twitter feed right now. Just your sort of, ah, you know, your, your, I, I, I mean, is, is it weird to say feminism for a man in terms of being in touch with your feminine side and being so pro woman and being obviously just such a lover of women? I, I just want to, th- in this current environment, I just want to thank you for can that. Can we, can we just, change the yeah the word a little bit yeah because you keep using the word feminine side and so on yeah it's not maybe kindness yeah translates kindness is just that you truly love women i mean that you really it emanates from you there is that but i also love kind gentle people yeah i approach people hopefully the way i approach animals who are my real yeah heroes soulmates yeah so it's not just about femininity it's about gentleness and kindness that's well you asked me quite to be honest before we end you asked me out there you said oh when did you come to that that you were and i said no i was with men i was in love with men when i was younger and i said you know because my mom i told you my 96 year old mom asked this you know 
And I said, you know, yeah, I am attracted to men. I just, I've tended to fall in love with women. But I also said, like, I feel like some women of my generation just didn't find men that could handle really strong women that were like you, that were, you know, could handle strong women or that were sort of in touch with their feminine side or that were sort of also nurturing and supportive of, of I mean, what was it we said with, oh, Angela was here, that, you know, I'm too much for a lot of men. Yeah. <laughs> we both said that. And I just thought, like, I, you have to, you have to open some sort of worldwide clinic to teach men to be more like you. <laughs> That's my not, point. It's about not being well, threatened by a woman. It's not. About, it's about supporting them and being who they can be. It's not challenging them or keeping them down. Yeah, I think it's about <clears throat> recognizing <clears throat> how we are very different. I think we'd all agree that men and women are very, very different, and that we have loads to learn from each other. I just came from a men's group that I've been part of for a number of years. And some of the most evolved gentlemen that I, I were in my life. And we talk about the what we all have to learn from our women, our, our partners. Yeah. And so much of it goes, it all goes back to our moms. And, yeah. and I would really want to encourage you and your listeners, if they are not already familiar with Trevor Noah's book and his audio tape called Born a Crime. It is brilliant. Wow, okay. And it is all about mother and son love mm. and the power of mother and son relationship and love. So I don't know where I'm going with that, but yeah. um, um, I have a lot to learn from, from women. Uh, they have been great teachers to me. My sister is one of my great teachers. How many sibs? I'm the eldest of three. Okay. I have a sister and a brother. And my daughters are now my teachers. Yeah. They teach me about love. Uh, every woman that I have met, I have, there has been some kind of karmic reason that I have yeah. had the good fortune to be part of their lives and have them in my life. I have learned, because I'm stubborn. Yeah. I'm <laughs> stubborn. I'm willful. I'm yeah. egocentric. I'm selfish. And I don't, I can't, I can't hear you. Damn. I can't, and my oh. headphones don't work now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you, you've been married twice, but are you currently, my female listeners will kill me for not asking, are you single now? <laughs> am I single? I am not single. Oh. I'm not married. I'm not Shit. single. Shit. I mean, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're okay. I am not betrothed. Okay. okay. All right. But he is taken. Well, yes. This means there's still a shot, ladies. I'm just no, saying. Uh-uh. No, I have a Stephanie, generation of women going. No, Stephanie. Wait a minute. He's very no. happily in a relationship. Yes. He there didn't say go. that. You there put words in his mouth like Bill Barr for Donald Trump. That's what you just did. You just did a Barr memo for what he said. He didn't say that. It's interesting. We all hear what we want to hear. Yeah, that's right, Chris. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great thing about radio. You can't. You right. <laughs> no, we're on camera. Oh, we are. Oh, I'm not going to oh. waste you. I'm not going to oh waste you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, Michael. Thank you so much. And follow Michael on Twitter. And how else can we love you and support you any more than we do? Oh Which is, if it was any more than I do now, restraining orders in my future. Yes. Watch Yellowstone. Yeah. Be, be kind to each other. Oh. Find somebody who's unhappy. Find somebody who's depressed. Right? Who's Random sad. acts of kindness are yeah. so important right now. Yes. Yeah. Always. Not just right now, yeah. but especially now because My... the world is upside down. 
it feels like it is upside Trust me, down. one of my listeners, my 96-year-old mom was just diagnosed with Alzheimer's this week. She'd broken her hip. She's recovered from that. And one of my listeners, I broke the top to her corningware dish when I was doing dishes when I was there. One of my listeners just sent her the cover. The dish was only made in 1959. My mom called and was so happy, and we had such a great laugh over it. And I thought, like, she has no idea, like, how much happiness that that particular act of kindness, you know, meant to me and my mom, you know, so... Yeah. But you're right, just because it's more important than ever now, because there's a lot of people. I saw on Twitter today, Travis, a lot of people after everything, just Iran and the Alabama ruling and, you know, all the stonewalling. Just they're like, I quit, I quit, I give up. I, you know, people's everything, suicide, substance abuse problems. People are like, I'm broken, I'm broken, I'm defeated. And, you know, you just like, you go, maybe it just takes one of us at a time to go just lift, lift someone else up. Just one thing. Do one thing, right? One of the best experiences I had was two weeks ago going to the lunch kitchen at a local church and just serving soup. I got to tell you. Yeah, and I'm guessing those women were like, oh, my God. (laughs) Stephanie. I can't eat now. Stephanie. (laughs) He was doing something good. I I know, but he's he's still, come on. I mean, come on. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. Michael I mean, awesome. Michael Noor. Stephanie, thank you all very thank much. You thank you for coming in. We Wonderful really, really appreciate what it. What a thrill. What an honor. What a pleasure. Yeah. Don't thank do you. the flash dance splash again. That was just, it's inappropriate. It makes me look like a maniac. It makes me look like I'm on a man hunt. You can't stand up right now. <laughs> this has really been a feeling. I mean, seriously, what a feeling. All right. Have, I'm done. So they said soup. You gave me soup? <laughs> soup? I came here to see you and all you give me is soup? I want a hug. I want a kiss. What happened to Mr. Michael- Flash Dance? Fancy pants. Flash Dance. Soap. Michael <laughs> Nori ends as a waiter at Canners. Wow. <laughs> it's not happy hour. Oh.